When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons. And on today's show, we've got to talk about trades. Rockies getting in the mix. Big one yesterday after the game on Sunday, after the win against the A's. They pull off a deal. They trade CJ Crone and Randall Grichik to the Angels, back to the Angels, where both those players were originally drafted. Grichik, in fact, has never suited up for the Angels at the big league level. Those players going over to the AL West, and in return, the Rockies get two very interesting prospects. We got Jeff Sanders coming up here in just a couple of minutes to talk about the Padres. What are they going to do at the trade deadline? But as we've been speculating for this past month plus, will the Rockies finally pull the trigger on some of these deals, improve their farm system with all the bad luck that they've been having with so many of their young pitchers going down and needing Tommy John surgery from Jordy Vargas, Jackson Cox, Gabriel Hughes. They needed to bolster the farm system. I think anyone listening to the show right now, you're a diehard. You already get, you already understand that when you trade away two veterans that are on expiring contracts who at the end of this season on October 2nd, Monday, October 2nd, they're no longer a part of the Rockies organization and you get, you have nothing to show for their time as an asset Rockies bring back two low A pitching prospects in Jake Madden, uh, a six foot six kid. He, he looks very projectable, good baseball body to say the least. This is his first professional season, fourth round pick last year at a Northwest Florida State College. Yes, that is a real school. It's a junior college, Northwest Florida State. I'm going to quiz Susie about that if she can. Have any idea if that that's a real school? It is. That's where he played junior college. Uh, got an above slot deal. You know he's he struggled a little bit here, but again, it's his first year in professional baseball. He was the eighth overall prospect according to MLB Pipeline in the Angels farm system. He goes in as the Rockies' twentieth best prospect. He will probably climb up the charts just a little bit by end of season. The other one, Mason Albright. Maybe you're a little bit more hyped on him. The numbers have been incredibly good in the California League with the Inland Empire 66ers. Only six foot tall, but was a 12th round pick out of IMG Academy. Moved down there for his senior year of high school to get himself ready for professional ball. Was a 12th round pick, as I said, back in 2021. Was the 28th best prospect for the Angels, according to MLB Pipeline. He goes in for the Rockies as the 21st best prospect. Both those guys are are expected to go to, to Fresno. Jump right into that starting rotation. So what does that mean for the Fresno Grizzly rotation, as it were, right now? We'll talk about our prospects of the week, as we do each and every Monday. We'll get to that in just one second. But we'll probably see guys who were drafted last year by the Rockies, Connor Stain, Michael Prosecchi. Those are my picks to get promoted to high A and help out the Spokane 
rotation. Maybe Albert Pacheco. He's only got eight starts uh, in low A. We'll kind of wait and see what happens for that. But uh, even more news breaking on the, as far as the Rockies roster going into today's Padres series. We'll talk about that and plenty more. But got to let you know about Breckenridge Distillery, the official bourbon of the Denver Broncos, widely known for their blended bourbon whiskey, a high rye mash American style whiskey. I pray anywhere. That's their hashtag. You can go anywhere, especially with Breckenridge Distillery. It's been founded in 2018. Breckenridge Distillery is the world's highest distillery. They've won so many awards that we'd be here all day to go through all of them. They're amazing at what they do. They've got an immersive guest experience if you if you uh, want to check out their facility. Uh, their products are available in all 50 states. It's really easy. It's kind of like the breckbrew.com. You go there, find out where you can get it in your local area. You can get it in all 50 states. It's even easier like that. Uh, shop at your local retailer or just visit breckenridgedistillery.com for home delivery of the award-winning Breckenridge Spirits Bet365. You can turn $1 into $200 of bonus bets when you join Bet365. You download the app, deposit $10, and claim your $200 in bonus bets as soon as you place a bet for $1. Download the Bet365 app and use code DNVR365 when you sign up. They pioneer live in-game betting. They're a proud partner of the Colorado Rockies. It's fantastic because what they've got going on right now is a Bet365 baseball early payout offer. Basically... We know they're, uh, the Rockies are prone to, to coming back and getting themselves in the game. Sometimes it happens the other way around. Nevertheless, you're a winner if your team goes up by five runs or more. That's it. They don't even, it doesn't even matter what the outcome is. If they're up by five wins or more. The Bet365 Baseball Early Payout Offer says you are a winner. Download the app and use promo code DNVR365 when you sign up. Must be 21 years or older and physically located in Colorado. Please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call or text one 800 Gambler. Jeff Sanders of the San Diego Union Tribune. Welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Pretty good. I imagine you are on, on high alert. All of, all of your alerts are turned on because Trader AJ, he's got to be wheeling and dealing right now at, at this point. We were talking uh, just before we went on air. Are they going to make a move? Are they not? And if so, which direction are they going to go in? I think... Um the question going into the Rangers series, they lose two or three to the Pirates. You know, I still think, you know, leadership leaning toward, you know, adding, they sweep the Rangers. I think they're going forward. And it's, they need to add a lot. When you've got Soto, Machado, Tatis, Bogarts, like, you know, that's the core. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. they're in a position to, to make, you know, um, small additions to help the team. Kind of like maybe the 21. 21- uh, Braves did, you know, they, they added, they made some small additions that pushed them over the top. Yeah. I think, I think that's what the angels are doing right now with the entire Rockies roster, just and a bunch of those pieces, hoping that they can fit in, uh, be, be good for depth. Uh, before getting into to more specifics about individual players, the 2023 San Diego Padres, by all accounts, since 2013, when the Dodgers just, you know, went on this, this rampage, they're probably the first team to be predicted by, some, I'm not going to say many, but a lot of folks had the Padres winning the NL West. Uh, we hadn't seen that before. Sure, the Giants did it in 2021. That was totally unexpected. But the Padres, everyone liked all the little pieces. Can they add up? It seemed like individually they would, but it just hasn't really worked out that way. What's been, has there been a single thing to point out as to why the Padres just really haven't been able to get it going until recently here? Oh, man. If I'm on here to explain what the heck's been going wrong, like we, we would need a lot more time 
or maybe not at all because we just don't know. Uh, you know, the Pythagorean, they have the best, fifth best uh, run differential. But the flaw in that is, is they're 0-9 in extra inning games. They're pretty bad in one and two run games. So that's that's kind of it. Like, they can win a blowout, and if it's a tight game, I, they, I don't know. Like, is it is it pressure? I mean, trying too hard, you know, and then the momentum of not getting it done and waiting for somebody else to get it done. Machado played through a broken hand, um, broken bone in his hand. He also led the majors in, in double play balls before that. Uh, Bogarts has had wrist issues. Tatis missed the first, what, 20 games of the season with the suspension. Soto was cold. They just haven't been able to get on the same page. And the the, the shame of it all is it's, it's they're wasting their pitching. Like, and now you see, like, the rotation's been holding up. The bullpen's been faltering. And they were lights out in the beginning of the season. And it was just every single game was a pressure-packed situation. And, and now... You're, you're seeing the other side of it where, you know, they, they had a, on Saturday, they had, I think, a seven-run lead, and they put in Luis Garcia. And then before long, again, haters up in the bullpen warming up. Now, he didn't have to come into that game, but it's just, it's just what's been happening since uh, the All-Star break since July, you know, with, with the bullpen. And yet they won 15 games this, this month. So they're trending in the right direction. They just – it's time to go. Like, they, they – like, sorry to say to Rockies fans, but – they think they need to come into Colorado and sweep like nothing else. You know, when you have to make up ground, like they have to make up, they have to sweep. Yeah. Winning and series, winning series isn't going to be enough, right? No, no. They, they got to like, they've got leapfrog four or five teams to get in the picture. Yeah. I think, I think the, one of the issues for the, the Rockies is this season has been depth. You know, they haven't been able when, when somebody goes out, somebody gets hurt. I mean, uh, they've had almost an entire rotation on the injured list at, at one point in the season. Uh, and and still, you know, three fifths of a rotation, you know, you know, gone right now. They haven't been able to to get any replacement from from the guys in in AAA or even some surprises in AA. When you win a championship or you win a division or go to the postseason, you get some play out of some surprise players. It seems like that's that's been another issue maybe for the Padres. They haven't had those guys maybe come out of nowhere and and make an impact because they've got so many stars. You go well, you got to keep riding with this guy, and you know, if someone gets hurt, maybe you know you can you can replace them, but. They haven't. Seems like they haven't had those surprise players, and and a lot of that I, I imagine has something to do with you know Preller trading away so much of their prospect depth. So there hasn't been guys to to come up from underneath and and, and El Paso uh, to, to come up and, and kind of fill those gaps when people are struggling. No, that's exactly right. You know, you know Trent Grisham was under two hundred for a lot of the season, just kind of like last year. But you know what? He's quietly you know up to seven something. Um, you know, with with the OP, with the OPS, and he's a Gold Glove center fielder. Um, he's he's not the problem. Like he's not saving the team, but he's he's not the problem. He's doing what he's supposed to. Jake Cronenworth has not. You know, he he's been regressing since you know his first breakout season. Um, not doing well with the big contract. Um, the catching situation until San, Gary Sanchez arrived was a disaster. So. Like the theory was, is like, you know, the rising tide lifts all boats and that didn't happen either. So the bottom of the lineup wasn't responding. The the big four wasn't on the same page. And then um, you call up guys from El Paso and they all have like, they're all hitting 350 with, you know, 1200 OPSs because that's what happens in, in the Pacific Coast League. And yet they come up and they just, you know, what can what's realistic? What's a realistic thing to expect? And it's, they have not been, you know, been able to supplement the roster that way. And you're right, a lot of that has to do with the depth and the players that they've traded um, from going back to the Clevenger trade, um, 
trading for Austin Nola. We can talk, you know, hours about that trade. And then uh, the Soto trade last year, like, you know, that's that's the depth that, that they're missing. And you know what? I think you make those trades. Well, whether or not you make the, the Clevenger and the, um, the Nola trades, you know, that can be debated for forever. It didn't work out. So, you know, hindsight. But the Soto trade, I think you make that trade for two and a, for, for three postseason pushes. But the, the problem is, is the depth isn't there to, you know, to, comp, to supplement the roster right now. Yeah, when you trade Mackenzie Gore, I mean, that's a that's a guy right there from your depth that you're going to be relying upon using the entire 40-man roster. And that's that's one less player that can impact when when guys are struggling. You know, it's what's amazing about this season is we still get to have a manager get fired. Like we've barely even seen a couple, you know, hitting coaches or, or, you know, pitching coaches, you know, Yankees got rid of their hitting coach. But other than that, I don't know if there's just a change in philosophy, philosophy by some, you know, front office executives. We know the Mets kind of had a big press conference to say, we're not actually going to do anything. We're not going to change our manager. And you kind of understand it's Buck Showalter. Bob Melvin is the same kind of situation where like, you know, great manager. And, you know, if, if he's not getting the job done, is there really somebody better that can do that? Uh, I don't know how much of the discussion is uh, about Melvin kind of being on the hot seat again right now, you know, with the win streak that they've got going on. Obviously, his job's safe, but it, from from all accounts, it just seems like there's more happening than just, hey, the manager isn't managing terribly well, and we know the decisions come from up above, but it's managing the people. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's been Bob Melvin's problem so much as the player's not performing. Right. Like, you like you talk about 0-9 and in extra innings. I mean, I've at least once or twice, they've had the man, the Manfred guy on second, whatever you call that guy, and it's Tatis, Soto, Machado down one, two, three. It's not Bob Melvin's fault. <laughs> like that's who you want up. If they're not performing. What do you? What's the manager supposed to do? So I think there's more sophistication from front offices now, where like that's a, a panic move. And you know, right now in this organization, nobody wants to signal panic, and I don't think anybody thinks inside the organization that Bob Melvin is, is, is an issue. Yeah, no, that, that makes a lot of sense. And Jeff, you probably know it makes a lot of sense to make sure you're wearing your shady rays in San Diego. That's right. This, this is going to be an ad read. Look, just use promo code DNVR. Uh, you get to buy one, you get one free. If you lose or you break them, they'll go ahead and replace it for you. If you don't like what you, what you got, return it within 30 days. Uh, you get a full refund. It's great. Go to the Park Meadows Mall. You get 50% off two or more pairs of sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200 people. And if you're uh, in the Denver area or in Colorado, a dispensary that's been established since 2010, high-quality cannabis in the state. It's fantastic. Seed to sale. Talking about breeding their own genetics, control the grow process and packaging. They got their turbo core with the turbo joints, kind love flower. It's sold in more than 100 stores around the state. You can actually visit one of their stores in Cherry Creek or North Denver. Mention DNVR and receive the DNVR exclusive discount of 25% off all kind love flower pre-rolls and their turbo joint line. Visit the website at kindlove.com for their full extensive menu and online ordering. Get this code DNVR now. Works for deliveries. Fantastic. All right. Get the sweep against the Rangers, which was uh, was wonderful at home there, uh, and and the Padres just looking really good against the first place Rangers team, who they just added Max Scherzer, they just added Jordan Montgomery. Uh, they've been they've been doing really wonderful. Uh, and the question is, and and Jeff kind of touched on it there a little bit. What are they going to do at the uh, at the trade deadline? It sounds like they're they're not just going to stand pat, but they may even try to 
add a player or two. Um, we were talking before, uh, Jeff, this idea that, you know, can they, can the Padres be like the Brewers were last year at this time where, you know, in the J Josh Hader trade, they got back Taylor Rogers. Okay. You downgraded a closer a little bit, but you got Asteri Ruiz, a player that you were able to use in a three team deal to get uh, Williams Contreras. So it was a deal where you could stand pat a little bit on the 26 man roster, but improve the depth of the 40 man and, and even just give you a little bit more in the farm system going forward. Does it seem like they might try that approach? Are they just going to keep the roster as it is? Cause on paper it's really good. Or are they going to go out like Blake Snell said and, and actually try to make an addition? So I think the Ranger series changes all that, right? The yeah. sweep changes that. Um, what happened to the Brewers last year? What happened in that clubhouse when they when they when they traded uh, uh, Hater away? Well, um, I think that's part of the calculus, and so I don't think that's happening. You know, I kind of thought they should maybe a, a week ago. That's where I was because you know Hater can't pitch three days in a row or doesn't pitch three days in a row. He doesn't pitch more than an inning, and you're already paying Robert Suarez, you know, like a closer, and he's back and healthy and, and pitching well now so if they were going to do something that's kind of like oh, okay well you keep snell and you hedge your bets and you try to get you know some death pieces for the best closer on the market the same thing at the same time like if you make it man you're gonna wish you had hater you know so honestly i think they're in the place where we're gonna they're gonna look at some uh, some modest improvements to, to shore up the edges of the roster you know everyone could use starting pitching Man, the bullpen it needs help, and then you could use, um, you know, someone that can play first base. You know, you know, f force them to have to do something with the spot. I mean, Matt Carpenter's not giving them much, and so El Paso guys, you know, I think that they they could use some a veteran bat that can actually, you know, swap into first, maybe play some outfield. Um, so I think that's kind of the area that they might be looking toward. Padres, of course, won't be able to acquire. CJ Crone, uh, according to you, I guess, and, and Padres fans, Padres killer. I mean, he had the two home runs on opening day. Uh, I can't remember specifically how good he's been against the Padres, but uh, I imagine you know you've probably keep track on this a little bit. And yeah, that's that's a that's an addition for the Padres by subtraction. They still got a couple more series left this year against the Rockies, and now without Crone, hey, you know maybe that's going to uh, to benefit San Diego in the win column now. Yeah, they're not sad that Charlie Blackman's not quite back either because he is historically a Padres killer as well. Petco, Coors Field, doesn't matter. Yeah, we got the three-game series here, and I think it's not until September again uh, that the Rockies will go out to, to San Diego. Uh, another interesting thing, I love symmetry. I love making different connections with things. You know, this time last year at the trade deadline, uh, I was in San Diego covering the Rockies Padres and the Padres were making all the big moves and Hader and Josh Bell and Juan Soto coming in. And it was, you know, not even playoff atmosphere. I think Ryan Spielberg has even said it was one of the loudest crowds he had ever heard in a ballpark. It was almost world series atmosphere of like, wow, we've got one of the best, if not the best. And I would say he is the best, um, at least at that time, uh, young player in the game in, in, in Juan Soto. You can make the case maybe it's Ronald Acuna again now. Uh, but still, that place was so electric. Has attendance been able to to keep up with the the pace that they're certainly hoping for with the $300 million contracts that they've given out to both Machado and Tatis Jr.? Yeah, it was like a month ago where they set the new Petco record in sellouts. Yesterday was the 45th sellout. You know, I'm told that that doesn't matter 
but I got, I can't think it's not part of the calculus. Like if you start selling off these pieces, like what's that going to do to attendance? And, and most of those seats have already been sold. Like, you know, the, the, the seats are sold, but the atmosphere, the vibe, you're, you're right. That, you know, Brandon Jury hit a, hit a grand slam. I think it was on his first pitch last year against the Rockies. And it, it was playoff loud. It was definitely playoff loud. And it's like that, even when they're not doing so well, they're losing. They've had a poor home record until recently and they keep showing up. And so that's not lost on, on management as they, you know, figure out what they're going to do, you know, and guess what tomorrow, man, it's coming fast. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think San Diego and, and, and Denver and, and Colorado, you know, Coors Field, they kind of have that same thing of like the vibes are always really good. And if you get a crowd in there, the crowd's going to be good. They're just, they're in a great good mood. I mean, you're in San Diego, you should be in a good mood. Same thing for Denver. So, uh, I definitely think that's a benefit. So, all right. Is that a part of the calculus, the attendance? I mean, I know the, the TV deal, um, how has that been working out as far as, you know, the fans are concerned with being able to, to stream with, with what MLB's, uh, been doing now, uh, broadcasting all the games. You know, I don't have the figure in front of me, but MLB was going to backstop them at a certain percentage. Um, you know, I think that we're going to figure out what that means going forward. Um, but, but uh, supposedly they was all part, like they knew that this was on the horizon and a possibility when they went all in with, you know, the spending pushing payroll up to 247 million. So if you can believe them, then that should not impact it. They should, you know, been planning for that, but we don't know what the impact is. You know, I think next year is going to be the year where you see like, cause they're starting to sell, more and more ads on on, on that um, on the devices or the MLB productions. So we'll, we'll see what it means. I know that they've streamlined the productions, the the, the post post game shows and, and um, in game reporting. It's all been like really streamlined. And you know, some people haven't been brought back. Some people are having their roles moved around. Um, so we'll, we'll see what that happens. What happens with that going forward? Um, I don't know yet what the impact that's going to be because that's a lot of money that, that, that they've been counting on. That's, that was a big contract. And that all, all that money is, is basically could be the deciding factor if they're able to, to possibly re-sign Juan Soto. Now, I mean, he, he's not, he might not get Shohei Otani money, but still it, it, it sounds like, uh, for all intents and purposes, you know, he could be looking for half a billion dollars. Um, and so man, to be able to, to have all of that with, with all the money that's already been spent, it just seems, it doesn't even seem doable for like a team like the Mets really. Uh, I mean, they can do it, but it's just insane to think, uh, that could happen for a big market team, let alone, you know, one like San Diego, which is still a really, you know, strong market, but, um, yeah, it would be interesting to see if, if, if the Padres would want to maybe get something done with Juan Soto. Have there been any conversations between the two sides and maybe, Imagine they're just kind of kicking the can just a little bit as far as what will happen uh, if there's going to be an extension here with this free agency kind of looming in the near future. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the latest is on that. Uh, I know that they weren't going to maybe be talking in season, and so you know after the Machado deal got done, I never heard much about that moving forward. Um, doesn't mean it's not. You know, AJ Preller. You know, not a lot of leaks coming out of his office. It's usually from you know agents and other teams so they're, they're they're locked down pretty tight here so um they also got a lot going on so i don't imagine that's top of mind right now when they're trying to figure out a way to get this team to the postseason for sure all right let's let's look at the series real quick three games here in colorado gomber versus seth lugo on monday tuesday night peter lambert versus to be announced maybe you've got some info on that and then 
Kyle Freeland making his second start since coming off the IL against Joe Musgrove, who's been pitching really well. Bullpen game for the Padres on Tuesday, or, or might they be calling somebody up? So, yeah, I've been trying to figure that out. Um, could be a bullpen game. Um, they haven't used Pedro Avila in a while. He's the guy on the roster that might start a bullpen game. Um, the other guy to keep in mind is Ryan Weathers. Um, not a not a good year for him. Had some ups and downs in AAA as well. I think he last pitched on July 26th. The other two internal options, uh, Matt Waldron, the knuckleballer. Uh, I think he pitched Friday, and then Jackson Wolf uh, pitched uh, pitched Saturday. So they're probably out of the running. Uh, Waldron only threw like 60 pitches in five innings. So could be part of a bullpen game. Um, I don't have a lot of information. All that is just my my speculation of looking at the system. But I know your eyes lit up when I said knuckleballer. Right. <laughs> I did. Oh, I mean, wait, I, today I'm going to go to the ballpark. I'm going to go to the Padres clubhouse. I'll talk with Bob Melvin. I'll say for, for baseball, for the world, can we have a knuckleballer pitching at an altitude? I don't know off the top of my head if Charlie Huff ever pitched a game with the Marlins uh, in Denver. I, I imagine he probably did, but come on. That's a, that's wonderful. We need that. Yeah. The world needs that. So, and so we say knuckleballer. He's down to using it like 20%. Like, you know, he, put, he went like two innings in his major league debut without throwing. I think he only threw like maybe 12. But I mean, he- yeah, he would, he would just, he would just have to throw that knuckleball more. Just you, you got it. And I'll take 20%. That's fine. Even if you only get five, those would be five beautiful pitches. I know I would personally be sitting on the edge of my seat, uh, kind of waiting to, to just see that knuckleball, uh, just get thrown like in anticipation. I'd, I'd 100% be fine with 20% knuckleballs from Matt Waldron. That would be great. I'd be fine with, I don't know, a six pack of Breck Brew, Palisades, Peach Wheat, especially because it's Palisades Peach season still on the Western Slope. It's fantastic. Colorado ingredients, a Colorado fruit. You love that. It's a fruit forward, uh, bright and juicy peach flavor. That's absolutely amazing. It's made with 100% Colorado ingredients, as I said, renewable energy. Right here in Colorado, head to breckbrew.com. Go down to the farmhouse, watch a little of the World Cup if you want to do that. And again, breckbrew.com to find out where you can find Breckbrew in your neighborhood. Use game time tickets for your tickets for Rockies. We got Nuggets coming up. I mean, some Broncos preseason games. If you hang out, maybe do some tailgating, especially if you tailgate with us at the the DNVR bar or uh, actually down uh, at at Mile High, well, you can wait closer to the start of the event with game time tickets because up till about an hour, hour and a half, prices continue to get lower and lower, maybe even 60% uh, below face value. And if you use promo code DNVR on your first purchase, you're going to get $20 off that first purchase. So it's a win-win all around with game time tickets showing over 15 million folks who have saved with game time tickets. All right. We got our guy back. No, that's okay. We got Jeff. He, he did his duty. He, he reached his pitch limit. That's, that's quite all right. Uh, he, he did incredibly well to, to, to help us out, understand what the Padres got going on. And yeah, maybe, they're looking at the Rockies saying, oh, they don't have C.J. Crone right now. Okay, that might be worth an extra win or two to us uh, going forward to, to sneak one of those uh, postseason spots for the wild card. Uh, before we jump into our prospects of the week, roster transactions for the Rockies. Two guys are gone. Crone, Randall Gritchick. Who are they going to be replaced by? Some good news. Actually, two second basemen, which is a little strange. But nevertheless... Brendan Rodgers has been activated for the first time all year long. He is going to be back. 
more than likely in action on Monday. Really solid rehab assignment. I think he hit over 300 with uh, AAA Albuquerque. In fact, if you're down in Albuquerque on Tuesday and Wednesday, Charlie Blackman's got a rehab assignment. Turns out this is his first rehab assignment in Albuquerque. He had uh, he had done it uh, once before in 2019, but that was in Omaha. So he's never actually played at the lab in Albuquerque. Uh, which is pretty neat uh, that he'll be doing that. He'll be back pretty soon too. Coco Montez also gets promoted to the 26-man roster. Looking forward to seeing him today, partially because he is actually our AAA prospect of the week. Coco Montez hit 508 for 16, three doubles, a homer, six RBI, two walks to five strikeouts. He made it hard, or rather, Winton Bernard made it hard. He hit three home runs, nine RBI, but Montez Overall, I think uh, did a really good job. Daniel Montano had two home runs, three other players batting over 300. Willie McIver, maybe we see him as a third string or backup catcher at some point this season. He's had some injuries uh, that really curtailed the start of his year. Hunter Stovall and uh, Daniel Montano, again, batting over 300. On the pitching side, really just Michael Peterson out of the bullpen. Two games, three innings pitched, only gave up one hit, no runs. And Josh Rogers. Lefty starter, five innings pitch, only gave up two earned runs. He could be number 16 for the Rockies. They've already used 15 starting pitchers. Perhaps Josh Rogers becomes number 16. In double A, you love to see Drew Romo as our prospect of the week. He hits three homers in one game, five RBI. Even outside of that, goes five for 18 on the week. Only struck out twice. Only walked once, but he's putting the ball in play, which is fantastic. Two homers for Kyle Daters. And Hunter Goodman, who actually breaks the Yard Goats' single-season home run record with his 24th home run this season. Still, can't say it enough. What else does he need to prove? Maybe now he will get promoted to AAA. Now that he's got all the records. He's doing just about everything. Good week also at the plate for Julio Carreras, Vladimir Restituyo, and Nico Decalati. On the pitcher side, Tanner Gordon. One of the guys just acquired in his first start with the Yard Goats. Just acquired for Pierce Johnson in that deal to Atlanta. Five and two-thirds innings pitched. Only gives up two earned runs. Strikes out six. And uh, props to four relievers who did not give up a run in multiple outings. That includes Victor Vodnik, who the Rockies acquired in the Pierce Johnson deal. Stephen Jones, Blake Goldsberry, and Austin Kitchen. In high A, Carson Palmquist. Five innings pitched. Two runs. He did hit two, did walk a batter, struck out 10. That was partially the deciding factor of why he was our prospect of the week and not Jared Candy, who had a similar stat line, only struck out seven, did give up nine hits. Colin Kafka and Mason Green does a, do a nice job with five innings pitched, two runs allowed, and relievers Anderson Beto and Juan Mejia. Also a strong week. On the hitter side, not too many guys getting it done. Juan Guerrero, 357 with a homer. Only three RBI, but that was one of the better weeks for Spokane. Ryan Ritter, two home runs. Nick Kent and Benny Montgomery did a nice job. And finally, can't say enough about the kid from Niwot High School, Skyler Messenger, kind of an afterthought, late draft pick in 2021 out of the University of Texas, continues to absolutely rake. Three home runs, 10 RBI on the week for him. Props to Daniel Amaral, 26-year-old kid down in low A. Five stolen bases, a homer, a triple. Catcher Cody Huff had a nice week, batting 462 with a home run, 391 batting average for Daniel Betton, or excuse me, Brian Betancourt with four RBI, two double. On the pitching side, a lot of guys getting it done. Caleb Franzen was best. Also got six innings from Gabriel Barbosa, Connor Stain, and Alberto Pacheco. You know, we a lot of people want to know, well, what's next for the Rockies here? Will they trade more guys? 
Could be, you know, Brent Suter's been a player that uh, our guy Kevin Henry from Fanside had said, you know, the Rockies, he might get the Daniel Bard treatment. Rockies may want to just hold on to him. Jerkson Profar is another guy that's dangled out there. You know, Ty Block is on a year-to-year basis, so uh, he could provide some value there uh, for another team that's just looking to get some innings. Uh, I don't think that'll probably happen, but there's a few other pieces out there for other teams. Elias Diaz maybe having the most value, partially because uh, he has another year of team control, so teams aren't just getting him as a rental. They'll go ahead and uh, be able to have him for 2024 as well. Most folks, uh, most of us do not think Elias Diaz will get traded, but 37 guys on the 40-man roster, now 38 with Brendan Rodgers coming off the 60-day IL, so you still got room for two more players who is that going to be without exhausting the entire list? Look, Aaron Shunk's been one of those players uh, that that probably will make his debut at some time this year. We do have a roster crunch of of infielders, you know, today with B-Rod and Coco Montez uh, getting on the uh, 26-man roster. That's two more second basemen. You already have Alan Trejo. You already have Harold Castro, who can play a little bit of outfield, uh, doing it on the left-hand side as well uh, of the plate. So uh, he's going to help out on the uh, the veteran status there late in games uh, if you need somebody off the bench. Uh, But Aaron Chunk, third base, a little bit of second base as well. Wynn Bernard, tearing it up still, comes back into the organization uh, after doing his thing a little bit with Toronto, designated for assignment. He's back in the fold, tearing it up in in AAA. So uh, if there's not another young outfielder out there for Colorado to go ahead and call up and promote, hey, you can uh, give some playing time to Wynn Bernard. I think the fans would love to see him back at Coors Field. But maybe a slightly younger guy with some big league experience and maybe still some projectability uh, as a first-round draft pick, Cole Tucker. Has been doing it and doing it well. Can play a little infield. Mostly been in the outfield. Uh, would be interesting to see what he's got left in the tank. Is he a guy that could possibly contribute on the 2024 Colorado Rockies? Hunter Stovall, another one of those names. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought Hunter Goodman might come up, uh, be able to make his major league debut this year. There's still a good chance of that happening. I could see that uh, going down. So uh, still a lot of options. Still two roster spots. And again, we still could see some of the pitchers come up and do that, whether that's Josh Rogers, Jeff Criswell. There's still probably someone on another roster right now, the 29 other MLB teams, either a 40-man or a guy that's in AAA that perhaps the Rockies can acquire uh, and will still make a start and break a somewhat dubious record for uh, the Rockies in most starting pitchers used in a single season. They're at 15 right now. Uh, but as we we talked with uh, with Jeff, of course, Padres are going to be looking for a three-game sweep. It's hard to do that in Major League Baseball. Just any team can beat anyone on any given day. Padres take two out of three. They'll probably be happy with that. Rockies, can they spoil the Padres season a little bit? Kind of like the Padres, how they spoiled the Rockies season in 2019, late in June with Wade Davis blowing a couple games there. Uh, Buddy not too happy. They split that series. Most runs, most hits scored, I think, in a four-game series, at least in the the era post-Humidor, that was a wild one, and that really kind of put the skids on the hopes for the Rockies making three consecutive post-seasons. Early July, they still had the second wild-card spot in their sights. In fact, they were in that second wild-card spot, and the Padres ruined it right as they were on the come-up. Fernando Tatis was the next big thing just before he got hurt. Now it might be the Rockies' turn to play spoiler and really, you know, keep down the San Diego Padres, who they've got a window here right now. And I think that's one of the reasons, as Jeff pointed out, why they're probably just going to 
kind of keep things where they're at. Maybe they can just get some veterans similar to how Atlanta, you know, they brought in three, four outfielders for the final two months of the year, just veteran guys that were an upgrade over what they had at AAA Gwinnett. Well, as we heard uh, Jeff Sanders of the San Diego Union Tribune just say, you know, some of the guys in El Paso, their numbers are great. But when they come up to the majors, they're just not quite ready. Uh, and that's one of the downsides with the Pacific Coast League is you just don't know. Is is a guy ready for the bigs or is he more of a quadruple-A kind of player? The statistics and those numbers down in AAA here on the West Coast and the Pacific Coast League, they certainly can lie. I think that can be true for some pitchers uh, in some pitchers' leagues down in the minors. So uh, you got to trust your scouts. you got to trust the coaches and see what uh, what they have to say. So the numbers certainly don't tell everything. So keep that in mind whenever we're uh, we're talking about the prospects in the the Rockies farm system. I think as I mentioned earlier, the two guys that the Rockies get from the Angels, two starting pitchers that you really like, Jake Madden, eighth for the Angels, twentieth for the Rockies. I think that could be a sort of a midseason adjustment. You know, maybe if they, uh, if MLB Pipeline, those guys over there, they would have readjusted. Maybe he would have been more like their 12th or or 14th best prospect. They go into the Rockies farm system as 20th. Uh, You got Mason Albright. You know, he was much lower. I think he was, what, 28th. And because he had been playing so incredibly well, you look at his last couple starts, absolutely uh, lights out, especially against Visalia Rawhide in the low A California League. He probably was more likely their, you know, 18th best prospect. And so there they kind of get squeezed together. Madden becomes, or rather, uh, Mason Albright becomes the 21st best prospect for the Rockies system. And they need that depth. They need more of those guys because players get hurt. Players need Tommy John surgery. You don't know who's going to be a bust as you make those jumps to the higher levels. That's the biggest jump from high A to double A. And so we're seeing that with so many of the guys. When they get to Hartford, that's really when you got to keep an eye on them. And you got to look at more than just the statistics because it is more of a pitcher's league. So the pitcher's numbers might look good. The hitter's numbers might not look quite as strong. Keep that in mind. Take it with a grain of salt. Appreciating everybody uh, jumping in the chat, saying hello. Patrick, not me, different Patrick. Patrick Kaplan. Brendan got called up. Castro open for a trade. You know, he's got two more years of club control. Tigers didn't have a problem when they designated him for assignment. So he's kind of a veteran bat. You're not going to bring back much. Uh, but still, you are going to free up some space on your 26-man roster to allow for more playing time for some veteran guys. Is Does that move the needle enough for the Rockies, or do they maybe want to protect some of these players and say, you know what, we don't feel like we have someone in AAA right now that can fill the role that Harold Castro has, and we'd rather keep those guys down in AAA. So you know what, let's just keep Harold Castro. That can be a decision uh, that some... Uh, some executives, you know, might feel in, in certain organizations. Justin, similar, thinking that Harold Castro, maybe his best days, you know, are behind him. He served a purpose here on the roster. Uh, I think he still can, especially with his ability to play, you know, some outfield. Rockies are kind of short outfielders right now. Really, you've got uh, you got three. If you include Michael Tolia, sure, four. Um, but Brenton Doyle in center, Jerks and Profar in left, Nolan Jones in right. So even with Crone and Grichuk no longer a part of this team, the roster is going to look very similar. In fact, you might even like it more because you're going to see Jones a lot more. You're going to see Tolia Montero more. And now with Brendan Rodgers coming off the 60-day IL and making his uh, 2023 debut, you might like the lineup even 
better. So that's going to be exciting down at the ballpark. We're going to be covering it on Twitter at DNVR underscore Rockies on Twitter. Uh, as I said, I'm at Patrick D. Lyons. Uh, and this has been absolutely wonderful. So thanks to our guest, Jeff Sanders. Follow him over on Twitter at S-D-U-T Sanders. Got that right. Nailed it. He does great work uh, along with, side with, uh, with Kevin Acey um, covering all the Padre stuff. So make sure you check that out if you want to know what else is going on in the NL West. It's been wonderful, been momentous, but as they say about baseball podcast momentum, it's only good as your it's only as good as your next show. So of course, we will talk to you tomorrow right here same spot 1 p.m. live on the DNVR Sports Channel here on YouTube.